And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, we venture into places unknown as we travel into... Jobinian land. The outline for this book will be short and specific. Let's see if we can get a grip on the absolutely true and authentic story of the man who some people think means employment. Get it? How do we know it's true? The best commentator on scriptures is other scriptures. James 5.11 states, We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Next, he feared God, which means he lived in reverence, awe, and respect for God. He knew that God is God, God's holy. And Job had an extremely high level of integrity. He hated evil. He operated in the highest wisdom of the human ages. He stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters with a ton of riches. He was at least one of the four wealthiest people in the world, being the wealthiest man in the East. And finally, his kids were not perfect. (laughs) I just got to stop there. His kids were not perfect. Okay, that everybody who's listening should go, oh, I should listen to this. <laughs> His kids were not perfect. Can anyone relate? In fact, they got together at least seven, if not ten times a year, and partied hardy. These parties lasted several days, and Job was concerned that something could have been said or done that would have meant some intense responses from God. He wasn't sure if they blew it, but he didn't want to take the chance, so he covered them in prayer and in sacrifices. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. How much more? A lot. We're asking you, what do you think? You can email us during the show, David at he must increase.org. That's David at he must increase.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also call us during the show, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. What's cool is that when you call 972-445-0770, you'll be talking to Mighty Gabriel. Let me tell you what that's like. That 
that's like investigating who has the best burrito. Yeah. And then you will fly. All right, now you can, if you want to reach out to us, it can be about a praise report. Maybe you got something that the Lord is working on your life, and you're like, you know what? I want to acknowledge this right now before other people. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that you want to acknowledge the Lord has been working, and this has been a great thing, a great change, a great growth. doesn't mean everything is perfect. Right? It just means that the Lord's working with you and you love it. You might be in a position that feels the exact opposite. You feel like, man, I am just, I'm just getting beat up every time I turn around. And it's like, I just want prayer to sustain and to maintain and not to give up. Great. Give us a call. We'll pray with you. We'll join in that struggle with you. Like Paul mentioned in Romans 15:30, join in me in my struggle by praying for me. We'll do that together. We'll cry together. We'll laugh together. We'll do anything and everything that a right family of God does for one another. If somebody needs to have, you know, just a a little bit of a pinch of encouragement, we'll do it. And if they need a dash of a little bit of rebuke, we'll do that too. We'll do the best we can to be family. That's what we're trying to do. And we'll also answer trivia questions. This one will be easy, but I forewarn you, the ones coming won't be quite as. In Exodus, what was on fire and not burning up? In Exodus, now don't say Dave, because I wasn't around during Exodus. In Exodus, what was on fire and not burning up? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us, 972-445-0770, unless we changed it. Nope, nope, that's the number. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483, and then you can also send an email, david at he must org. So I'm going to give you a couple of quickie updates, and then we're just going to go to it. Somebody is calling in, so we will uh, take that call, but I just want you to be aware. So the she who has no name now has a name, Anna Elizabeth Schiller. That is her name, very pretty name. That's a grandchild number seven. Uh, so uh, very, very thankful for that. Also, on our website, which we'll send you to later on, so if you've bookmarked our website and you go to that website, you see a little thing that says click here to check out the new website. You can just click on the button. It'll take you there. And then Joshua, who who created the website for the ministry, okay, and give you an idea, he, he creates uh, uh, different programming for, like, you know, thousands of different things, all this other weird stuff. Anyhow, he did it for the, the, the ministry because he owed me one. And by that, he actually gave me a little card during one Christmas because he didn't get anybody a present. <laughs> Listen, and it said, I owe you one website. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And so uh, I, I called in that marker. <laughs> So so he's got a new business where he's for $57 a month. He's helping people website. Yeah, I'm going to talk about him because he did do a good job for our ministry. you got to promote that. That's kind of cool. And it uh, doesn't charge a startup fee. There's no uh, timeline. There's no anything. Cancellation anytime you want. You have to be 100% happy or it's money back guaranteed. Loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. And uh, if you check out our website and you like it and you want him to do that for you, he'll do it for $57. 
That's pretty good. 57 a month. Boom. There you go. All right, you got that, got that. We got somebody ready to answer the trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. Who am I talking to? This is David. This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. How are you feeling? Well, I'm... I'm... You're making it, right? <laughs> I can get better, yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure you're making it, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, my good brother. Here we go. Now, uh, also, you be in prayer for me because I'm going to try and go to the gym if I can get home without having to use a boat today. <laughs> so I, I don't know how that's going to work yet. It, it took an hour to get in, so I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll see. Uh, in Exodus, what was on fire and not burning up? The burning bush. That is correct, sir! The burning bush. And see, I think nowadays people just think, oh, well, maybe that wouldn't have been so. I mean, you have to think back then, there weren't special effects. <laughs> it wasn't like they had sci fi with special effects. This is a bush that was on fire. It's like, that thing's not burning. What is going on? That's a, that's a pretty major moment. Uh, for anybody living back then. So I, I always find that to be amazing. I think it's been downplayed. It should be upplayed. Well, I prayed for all of you yesterday, and I'll continue to pray for you. Please do so, my brother, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. We really I pray that you get you. home okay today. Uh, I make sure. Make sure. I don't want to get in there by a life preserver. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you. Uh, you too, brother. Bye-bye. All right, there's our great brother Gary. Love him. All right, let's get into Job a little bit. So I got to give a little background. Okay, one, I am one of those people that thought this book was Job. I don't want to hear it. I didn't know. I'm a Jewish guy. I don't even know what was in the Bible. Right? It's like, well, you're a Jewish guy. You should know what's in the Bible. Apparently, you don't really understand American Judaism. Uh, but I thought it, it was Job. I thought that was the place to get one. <laughs> You learn out quickly when you start reading that thing. Well, no, no, it's not. All right. Uh, what do we know about the book of Job that we can share? A couple of things we're going to tell you, some things that maybe you're not aware of. Uh, there's a couple of very, very specifically cool things that I want to share. I really want to talk about what the theme of the book is, which, which I think is the biggest miss in New Testament, because I don't know why, man, I don't know why it is. The book of Job reminds us that there is a cosmic conflict going on behind the scenes that we usually know nothing about. I mean, that's what exactly as simple as you can put this in human terms, in 21st century terms, God was bragging about Job. Satan challenged him. God took it. God showed how, how faithful Job actually was. Job knew nothing about what was going on and uh, was complaining over a completely different element in there. We'll get into that, what the difference was between what it is that God bragged and what it is that Job did do wrong. And you just look at it and you go, there was this big thing going on behind the scenes and nobody knew it. Now, why do you think that's in the scriptures? Hmm. Let's think. Could it be because that has application for you and I, that stuff is going on in life that we don't know about because it's beyond our little cosmic brain and stuff is taking place? Yeah, maybe that is the reason 
why. Get it? All right. Well, we do know about Job. Some people are like, well, what's the timing? And some people say it was the first book written. Uh, the book was not written by Job himself, as far as we can tell. And then that's an indication by style. However, what we do what we do believe is that it was written somewhere between 1000 and two, or 2000 and 1000 BC, and probably around the 1440 range. And you might say, well, how do you guys get to that? How does somebody come up with that? And that's primarily because of the usage of the word Yahweh or the Lord, which didn't really occur often until later on in writings. So from a date point of view, you might go, yeah. I mean, that's okay. That's cool. Somewhere between the first and second millennium might be a way to say it. Uh, he acted like a priest for his family. We know that because he prayed for his kids, right? So there's some of those things that you pick up, those little cues, but they're not the full. They're not the totality of it. And this is a – it's a poetry book. One of the So in the Old Testament, you have uh, what is broken down as the Torah, which is the, the first five books of the Old Testament – and that's going to be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Then you have what's called the history. And the history starts in there from Joshua and goes all the way through to, jo- to uh, Second uh, Chronicles, I think it is. I got to think of it. And I'm just doing that off the top of my head. I can probably just grab this Bible. And just be real more specific on this. I'm sorry, folks. This is my fault. Okay. Uh, But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Job is the first in poetry. And one of the reasons it's listed in poetry, you won't even believe why. Besides the fact that it's one of the most bizarre uh, stories in in the Bible, is the very first line. Did you know that? The very first line is what makes it a... What we would say a poetic story, and here's how it goes. There was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. You see, it's a poetry. There was a man from <laughs> you ever hear poets like that? There was a it's that kind of poetry writing, and that's what it was defined as. And so it's the first book of poetry. The poetry ones are Job, Psalm, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, Song of Solomon as well. So uh, that's the kind of like the lay of the land. It's a poetry book, but it's a poetry book about the cosmic conflict. It's as important as any other book. It's as real as any other book. Everybody loves the Psalms. I love the Psalms. I love the Proverbs, and I love the the book of Job because it reminds me there's more going on that my mind, more than my mind can see. When we get back in, we're going to start getting into the actual text text. So we'll take our break here and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. 
You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it. Okay? Uh, That's faith. Okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy cuckoo line. Just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go. Your first trivia, or not your first trivia, your trivia question with... The horn. Let's play the horn. Let's play the horn so people can know. Hey, you have been warned. Gabriel has played the horn and you have been warned. Here we go. Ready or not. Ready? Before, true or false, before the famine began in Egypt, Joseph stored up huge quantities of rice. True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david, at org. We will give Al credit for saying the very first answer is Paul. <laughs> Paul. Paul. <laughs> Paul. The first answer is Paul. You see how he turned that around? Used to be Peter. Pa- okay. All right. 
All right, before I take the caller, which I'm going to do in just a second, I just want to uh, uh, let you know, I'm going to clarify what I was talking about on the history, the Torah, the poetry, the major prophets, and the minor prophets when we get back into the teaching. So, sorry I didn't do a better job of that. Didn't feel like uh, that intro was as adequate as it could have been. Uh, it must be Monday. All right, let's go ahead and send the person through who is ready to answer their trivia question. Go ahead and send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Will Rogers. Hey, Will. How are you? I'm great. Driving along in the rain. <laughs> it's nice to have the rain. However, I have not seen a lot of things in Texas driving where it said two lanes of the freeway closed because of high water. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, That's, that was a new one on me. So I, I'm, I'm going to get a boat and put it in the back of my car. That's what I'm going to do for the next couple of days. Well, you still can't get your car across. Yeah, I still got it across because, by the grace of God, he has made me an artful dodger. <laughs> so I was able to get around that and not have that stop me. But, wow, and I have not seen that sign yet in, in Texas. You know, ro- ro- freeway lanes closed because of high water. Like, wait, what? That was different. All right, my brother, here we go. Ready? True or false? True or false? Because or before the famine uh, began in Egypt, Joseph stored up huge quantities of rice. That would be false. You are correct, sir! Do you remember what because it was that he... What, he... what he stored up rhymes with rain. It's called rain. <laughs> Great job! Yes! <laughs> Excellent job. Rice. That was... <laughs> he stored up rice. He's getting ready to open up a, uh, you know, a... Of something. I <laughs> was like, really? That came through? Wow. I guess he was going to do a Chinese restaurant there up at the uh, Pharaoh's Palace was the goal there. Excellent job, brother. Way to pick that up. I want to make sure because some people think that's good staple, but yeah, wrong food. Okay. Excellent work. Thank you, bro. Well, thank you, sir, and have a blessed day. All right. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Great job. Great job. <laughs> Wait. Rice. <laughs> He's going to open up a Panda Express. Yeah, that's that. That, that's what he's going to do. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Here we go. We're getting ready to do the teach. I want to go back to this right now. Oh, we do have our comedy, right? Uh, should we do the comedy? Let's go to the teach. i got to do a little bit of the teaching. I want to get some of the text. So we're going to delay on the comedy. Like you guys care. Uh, bottom line to that is, uh, okay, uh, I want to make sure that you understand what I was trying to say about the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is broken up into five components, five elements. Now, this is not a biblical way of doing it. This is just a way that helps us study. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are the Torah. Okay, that's called the Torah, the first five books. And then after that, Joshua all the way to Esther, that is considered the history. So you have the Torah and then you have the history. Then you have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon as the poetry. That's section number three. Then you have uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, which was written by Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and those are considered the major prophets. That's 
section number four, and then Hosea all the way to Malachi, that is considered the minor prophets. It's not their more important. It has to do with size. So you have the Torah, the history, the poetry, the major prophets, and the minor prophets. Does that make sense? Okay. So Job is the beginning of the poetry. That's what I wanted to try and communicate. Maybe that makes a little more sense this time around. All right. So let's talk about this. There was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. In the King James, uh, when they would use the word perfect, they didn't mean the perfect the way the way that we mean perfect. Uh, uh, and they really more meant more complete or in fullness. Uh, that's why that translation says it differently. It's not trying to say he was sinless. That was not the goal or that was not what was, what was being communicated. But the key component is that he lived in the land of Uz. He had a fear, a reverence for God. He had this awe, this acknowledgement. He had high integrity and he hated evil. This guy was just a great guy. There was nothing bizarre or anything about that. He feared God. So he had then, I want to make sure you understand that, where it says that he lived in the land of his, he was blameless, okay? Which means he, he wasn't, this guy was not loaded with trouble. A man of complete integrity. He tried to cover left and right, tried to cover up and down, doing the best he could. He feared God and stayed away from evil. You want to be a person of integrity? Fear God. Stay away from evil. Stay away from the things that you know are going to create problems for you. Don't go there. Well, Dave, I, I, I really have a hard time with gambling, okay? Well, you should not go to a casino, you see what I'm saying? It's like there's practicality to this that we have to function in. And so understanding that, he's like, this is a guy, he's got this reverence, this awe, this respect for God. He knows that God is holy. He believes God. He's fully fully committed. Right off the bat, for him, it gets tough. And you think, well, why why does it get tough? What happens? Because he also has... Kids, And if you are a parent, or if you know anybody who is a parent, or if you had a mom and dad, then you would know, you would know your parents. And kids are not always the same as the family, as the father, as the mother, as the adults. Doesn't matter if you are just the greatest guy or gal in the world and you're just, you're just blameless and you do everything right and you have complete integrity and you fear God. All those things are true of Job. And when we come back, then we'll get a chance to look at his kids. Doesn't say he was a bad parent. Doesn't say he did a bad job communicating. None of that. He was a great guy and he had kids that were a little nutty. Hey, here's a lesson right off the bat. That happens. Right? Do you think that as Solomon grew and had 700 wives and 300 concubines, do you think if David was around at that time, David would have thought, well, that's swell. Uh, I don't think so. I think that's pretty clear the way that David walked it. 
Solomon did a great job. Not quite to where his dad was, right? That's what we're going to talk about when we get back. All right, folks, you are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. I'm not going to do an over overriding teaching that will uh, make the Baptist or the Church of Christ proud, so neither one of your groups can be all excited about this because that's not the purpose of this. Uh, here's where we're picking it up. Uh, as uh, verse 34 ends, eunuch, the eunuch uh, asked Philip, what was Isaiah talking about, himself or someone else? Verse 35 from Acts chapter uh, 9, uh, or, not, or chapter 8, said, Philip says, Philip began with the same scripture and then began to tell him about the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? So let's just stop right there. When Philip was explaining the gospel to the eunuch, he had to include the understandings or the teachings of baptism, or the eunuch never would have said, why can't I be baptized? He never would have said it, never would have come up, unless Philip had brought that information to light. In multiple translations, it then says, you can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is often known as believer's baptism. Some texts will show this in the footnote. I disagree that it should be reduced to the footnote. I think it's a part of the text. I would not fellowship with you over that. I just think it is a part of the text because he asks a very pointed question. And in this exchange, Philip is giving a very pointed answer. So he's like, well, 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 there's some water. I I want to be baptized. I want to respond to the gospel. I want to say yes. And Philip responds by saying, you can. You can get baptized as long as you believe that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You can be baptized. Now, why that's important is because this is the difference between many different groups about who can be baptized. Some people think, well, a child can be baptized. Yeah, but a child can't believe in Jesus, so then how can a child be baptized? That's the argument, okay? Those, again, those are not fellowship issues. Those are disagreements. You know, we spent... I spent 10 minutes talking about understanding who's got the Spirit of God and who doesn't have the Spirit of God. When you have a difference of application of Scripture, that that person's not an evil person. They're not some kind of demonic whatever. They see something different than you. Okay. They're genuinely in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is what redeems us. They are uh, acknowledging their Heavenly Father, praying our Father who art thou in heaven. They drink of the same Holy Spirit. They come to a different conclusion. Yeah. What else is new? Does everybody think McDonald's is the best fast food? Are you kidding? There's only a few people. (laughs) Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM. 
AMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, as we get ready to offer up our next trivia question. This will not be a, a horn one, but the one after it's going to be a horn one, so you better get ready for that. Here is the next trivia question, a very good one. In Haggai, what had the people neglected to do... Causing God to withhold dew from heaven and crops from the earth. Ooh. What had the people neglected to do, causing God to withhold dew from heaven and the crops from the earth? What had the people neglected to do? Wow. Wow. Okay, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to David at he must org. Um, I'm going to send you up to the website. So I've talked about the website like five times, and I've only talked about money like none. <laughs> So guess what? Ready? Many, 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 many. If you can give, we need it. I'm not even, you know, look, we need it. We're we're definitely tighter. I know the economy's kind of shrinking or taking a little bit of a hit. That doesn't matter. We're still going to keep asking you, keep praying. And uh, so if you're able to do it, great. If you can't, don't feel guilty. I don't want that going on. But I want you to be praying for us because we need the help. Do that, please. Uh, Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemosincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemosincrease.org. Hemosincrease.org. See, now to me, that sounds like two people playing ping pong. So I'm going to go with the ping pong one. Uh, again, the trivia question. So we got some really interesting answers. Amazing. Uh, in Haggai, what had the people neglected to do, causing God to withhold dew from heaven and crops from the earth? They neglected to do something. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483, as well as send an email to David at hemustincrease.org. So, Normally, we would do the history. We're going to push history back to the next block because I'm going to do the the jokes because these are some really good jokes. So I'm uh, giving – I give Gabriel the opportunity. He can either say they're good, they're bad, they're indifferent. It doesn't matter. They're still coming one way or another, so it's really up to him. Thus far, he's been very kind. <laughs> Hopefully that keeps going. Uh, I am reading this. I am not trying to say anything negative. And for those who are King James, you will appreciate uh, some of these things. But let's just go through this. Uh, A groundhog is like most false prophets. It makes a prediction and then disappears. See? Should get ready for this one. Uh, in a in a uh, institution, uh, one patient suffered under a compulsion to tear off his clothes. The doctor offered him a payment of one dollar for each day he refrained from doing so. 
So the man kept his clothes on through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But on Sunday, he tore them all off again. The doctor chided him for his relapse. Well, retorted the astonished patient, you didn't think I was going to work on Sunday, did you? There you go. And uh, I always, I just thought this was cute. And I think you should understand what it is. It's just the, com- the, the moment. A student was asked to list the Ten Commandments in any order. So here was his answer. Ready? 361-845-9210-7. You <laughs> see, 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 because he didn't actually list them. He just listed ten. Okay. You hear this? That's my comedic career going up. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Uh, trivia question one more time, and then we'll get back into the teaching. He thought it was funny. In Haggai, what had the people neglected to do, causing God to withhold dew from the heaven and crops from the earth? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Uh, people should appreciate this. This was There was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. But to say us, it's like, okay. He was, it depends on whether you're from Detroit or Seattle. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Good call. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep. Wow. 3,000 camels. 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys, and he employed many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person, and in this version it says in the entire area, and the other text it will say in the east. If it was the east, he'd be at least one of the four rich people. I mean, that would be kind of what the, the the implication is. This dude is loaded. Loaded. Okay? All right. Every year when Job's sons had birthdays, they invited their brothers and sisters to join them for a celebration. So for all the people that say you can't celebrate birthdays, that's ridiculous. That's right there. Unfortunately for these guys, when they celebrated birthdays, what happened? They would celebrate the birthdays. Every year when Job's sons had birthdays, they invited their brothers and sisters. Remember, you got seven brothers. Three, you know, three daughters, right? Seven sons, three daughters. Got ten people celebrating. If the if the gals didn't get it, because that's kind of the implication that it was at least seven celebrations on the occasions they would get together and eat and drink. When these celebrations ended, and sometimes they lasted several days, Job would purify his children. By offering a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have caused God, have cursed God in their hearts. And this was Job's regular practice. All right. I understand that I, you know, is the faith that I've come into that it is a unique faith. 
and I have had different experiences uh, of wonders of theology. I've been blessed many, 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 many thousands of times. Um, I would rather be a servant or a doorkeeper in the house of God than be in any of the tents of the wicked. I just would rather be hanging out in the kingdom stuff. And, you know, I lost uh, family for it. I have zero regret. I lost uh, money for it. Zero regret. I I lost tons of things along the way. Zero regret. I wish I had more of God in me. Okay? Okay. But my kids didn't grow up with the same radical decision that my brother and I had to make. When we made our decision, we took a stand, and it became against the family lines. And so our lives were substantially different because ours was like a trailblazing faith where my children, their faith was not the same level of trailblazing. And it's not un uh, – it's not – extremely unique that children don't have the same faith or same levels as the parents. I mean, that's not bizarre at all. In Job's case, it might have been a little worse because he was loaded and the kids were loaded because they're part of the family and they would party and sometimes they would have a birthday party. I went to a birthday party on Saturday. It was uh, two hours. It probably went three hours. I couldn't stay because I don't, I'm not a birthday party guy and uh in fact most people who know me aunt deb will give you a, a testimony we're often like the last people to arrive and almost the first to leave <laughs> it's true we're just not hugely into let's stay here for 12 hours we just don't uh, just don't like that uh, so anyway the point being that these guys this these these birthdays went on for days and days and days already these kids are not the quality believers that Job is. You don't, it's not, there's nothing bizarre about this, it's just reality. The reality is they would get together and celebrate. Notice that the dad's not going to these things, right? And just think, he's not going there and he's concerned about what they're doing. When he's not there, because if he is there, you know they're not going to pull any shenanigans kind of thing. So we're going to talk about Job's routine and how he covered his kids when we get back. But I want you to be aware there's substantial differences between a parent's faith and a child's faith. All right. In Haggai, what uh, had the people neglected to do, causing God to withhold dew from heaven and the crops from the earth, they had neglected to rebuild the temple, which is a very nice way of saying they didn't go about the Lord's business but still wanted to get blessed in all the same usual ways, and God said no. Okay, we'll break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. All What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. 
You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? So we're going to bring Annika on the phone so she can answer her own trivia question. It's amazing because we had some people uh, able to answer part of the question, the other part of the question, and one person answered both parts of the question. Actually, two people did that, so that would be Joy and, and, and Deb. Uh, so Annika, are you there with us? Hello, is this Annika? Yes. Hello. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay. We took your suggestion and we went with it. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get very many responses? We did. We get a lot. Of, we get a lot of responses. What did was like multiple in the text? Nobody was going to call in. I think they were all like, "Ooh, that's a big one." Ooh. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the chance. So I'm going to ask you both questions and let you take the floor and answer the questions. These were the the trivia question was, "Who was Jemima's dad?" That was the first question, and then the second part. Of the question is, what does Jemima mean? So let's go first for the dad. Uh, who was Jemima's dad? Her dad was Job, and she was part of his second family that, after his first family was destroyed. That is correct. <laughs> and now for part two. So you're going for a two, going for a double. Here you go. And what did her name mean? Okay, according to Cruden's complete concordance, her name means dove, but it's a word of doubtful meaning, so you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, first of all, the second answer, correctamundo, so you got that correct, too. So the only part of the doubtful part is that when uh, when Noah or was Noah's putting stuff out, it's like he didn't know what the animals were going to do and that kind of thing. It's more like uh, just going to throw this out there and hope it works. Uh, so it's more along those lines. But Dove is the correct answer, and it is interesting to think that Job was the father and Dove was the answer, and uh, connected to you know uh, Noah in a certain sense of being rest uh, after that kind of dramatic experience and trial. Often God brings people when they've gone through something that dramatic rest Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I want to point something out to you. I want you guys to catch this. So I do not put in what the fills are. I do not do that. Okay, that's just completely uh, Jennifer and then Gabriel and her and so on and so forth. And so get this. So that Phil that we just heard with Annika, that Phil was talking about Job. And here we are teaching for the first time Job. So the first time it's played, 
And it's not like Jennifer sits there and listens to all of them and knows where stuff goes, like, and puts it in sequence to stuff. It's like that, to me, is a – I would not say a confirmation as much as an affirmation that we're in the right direction for teaching. Now, does that mean that it's uh, you know miraculous in the sense that we, we build an altar to it? No. What it does mean is that it's kind of like a token along the lines or what we would call a gracelet saying right direction, you know, this is the right place to go. And you think, well, is that valid? Well, I'm using it and encouraged my faith and gave me a great appreciation for the Lord. So to say that's bad is a weird thing. Okay? I just think it's cool when that happens. Like, first time we're teaching Job, she puts this fill in. She doesn't know we're teaching. I'm teaching on Job. Boom, the fill had to do with Job. It's like, you know. I love stuff like that. All right. In the meantime, let's do our history. We got We are kind of on a tighter time frame. So let's do our history. Our history question. Do we have the horn? Let's play the horn. Let's play let's the horn. So now I don't have to play history when we do history. Good job. And uh, that's the horn for the trivia. I like the way you did that. It's fine. Leave it alone. It's good. Uh, True or false, Jesus told the parable of the rich fool to warn the people to be on their guard against worry. Is that true or false? Jesus told the parable of the rich fool to warn people to be on their guard against worry. True or false? And then since we've already had the horn play for the sound for the uh, history, we'll just go right into the history. Good job. Here you go. Ready? All right. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Uh, I'm thinking of Aunt Deb. It's take your cat to the vet day. <laughs> what if you don't have a cat? What do you do? A National Eat a Peach Day, National Pecan Tort Day, uh, National Be an Angel Day. Yeah, I think that last one is, applies to nobody on the road. That's, I just want to say that. Uh, in theory, <laughs> do you know what I said? In, five, in 565 on this day, the first reporting sighted of the Loch Ness Monster. How do they know that? I don't believe they know that. Uh, 1815, Yacht America wins the first America's Cup. 1901 on this day, the auto company Cadillac is founded. And on this day in 1989, Nolan Ryan got his 5,000th strikeout. That's our history. Okay, one more time on the trivia, and then we're going right into it because uh, I don't want you to miss this one part. Uh, true or false, Jesus told the parable of the rich fool to warn the people to be on their guard against worry. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to david at org. Here we go on the rest of this teaching. Listen to this. Boy, this principle is so cool. Every year when Job's sons had birthdays, they invited their brothers and sisters to join them for a celebration. On these occasions, they would get together to eat and drink. When these celebrations ended, and sometimes they lasted several days, it's like a five-day birthday party. Job would purify his children. He'd get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. 
And this was Job's regular practice. You know what Job did? He covered his kids in their sins or in their potential sins. Now, he didn't redeem them in the capacity that redemption only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. But he interceded for them, recognizing that they were not where he was. Do you understand? They are not at the level he is, and he is going to cover them because they're a little rowdy. They're a little young. Job's a little wiser. Job has a better spirit going on between him and the Lord. And he's going to cover them. And he's going to cover them by burnt offerings in order to pray for their protection and their wellness and their well-being and that God won't get angry at them. Amazingly, in this text, his concern is that they cursed God in their hearts which is not to say that they verbally cursed God, but that they inwardly had a problem going on with God. Job doesn't know this happened or didn't happen or did have he doesn't know. Perhaps they did this. And because they're kind of heavy party dudes and dudettes, let's cover them. Because I know my kids, and they have tendencies which perhaps are not great. Now, for every parent out there that has a child that is not exactly walking in the faith as you are, you ought to read this about 500 times. Will it, will it redeem them from sin like the blood of Jesus? No. But is it the right parental action to take? Yes. Remember, the trial hasn't started yet. He's not the object of the discussion between the enemy and God. This was his what? Regular practice. And in his regular practice, he was considered blameless. He feared God. He had complete integrity. He couldn't stand evil. And in that position of walking, in that sense of righteousness, he covered his kids. Guess what? As a parent, that's your job. Don't tell me. Well, you know, I got a prodigal and, you know, I just I can't keep praying. If you got a prodigal, you should be praying that much more. I got a prodigal. He's in his mid. He's in his older kid. Guess what? He's not listening. I am praying for him that inside of him, he has not cursed God. I will keep praying for him. The Lord has shown me a couple things, sure, okay, but that what I'm trying to say is that's the right approach. And by the way, I'm not sure this doesn't apply for family in general, family that are close to you, you ought to be praying for him, you ought to be interceding for him, you ought to be petitioning for him. All you got to do is read Ezra and Nehemiah to see that both Ezra and Nehemiah spend a considerable amount of time declaring their intercessory prayer on the behalf of others. You know the expression, send up for prayer? Get to it. There's nothing to it but to do it. 
And you ought to be praying for your family members that don't have that faith. And there's a plenty of them. People are like, well, how can you pray? How come you, you spend 45 minutes to an hour in prayer? How can you not? There's so many people that are just like, <laughs> they need help, man. All you got to do is think about where they're at. Just pray for them the way that Job did. Perhaps in their hearts are doing these things. Yeah. Lord, I got to cover them. Have mercy on them. Protect them. Keep them safe from themselves. That's really what the prayer is about, by the way. That the Lord would keep them safe from themselves. Okay, true or false, Jesus told the parable of the rich fool to warn people to be on their guard against worry. And that answer is false. They were to be on their guard against greed. Too many people trying to have too much when, in fact, you face God, you will have nothing. All right? Okay. All right, folks, that's the show for today. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then.